Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an emergency Believe in Betting Chicago right here on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. Football is back, and you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in and on all the action at BetOnline. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there is always, always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag today and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Guys, thank you so much for joining in. To this quick emergency pod, the Cubs have just lost to the Miami Marlins 5-1 to one in game one of the wild card round. This is a best of three series, so just bringing on a couple of Cubs experts real quick just to talk about the game. And if you missed the game today, you're in the right place because we're just going to let you know what happened and what the Cubs need to do moving forward to win. I'm joined today by Daniel Birding from Rotoballer.com and Sean Graves, my Cubs consigliere. Sean, we're going to start with you real quick. Just your thoughts on the game today. Looked a little bit like uh, history repeating itself in a lot of different areas of the game. Yeah, man, it was that six-week broken record, right? It was kind of the worst nightmare where you, you thought that whoever it was going to be, Darvish or Hendricks, would not be perfect, give up those couple runs, and the offense would disappear again, and that's kind of what happened. You know, Hendricks wasn't crazy sharp today. Maybe shouldn't have been back out there in the seventh inning. We'll discuss that, I'm sure. But the bat's got to show up. Four hits. Four hits just aren't going to do it. Daniel, your thoughts on this Cubs offense that could really only scratch one run across the board. I think they only had runners in scoring position, I think maybe two times in the entire game. Just your thoughts on the Cubs' performance offensively in this one. Uh, just very weak, and they've been, I mean, all season, really besides from the beginning of the year, they've just been, I mean, no matter what pitching we get, they have not been able to just put up runs and make contact, or even just little, even if it was a little small ball, just to get some runners advancing. Like it's just been home run or bust pretty much. Yeah. And again, the situation, let's play the game out just a little bit. Let's walk through the tail of the tape. You know, first four or five innings, nothing really brewing. You know, Kyle Hendricks is looking pretty sharp. He lost, he walked a couple of guys, didn't exactly have his best stuff, but he was able to fool them. Got out of some really tough jams. His last three or four innings seemed like he was under stress with some runners on base a couple of times. And then finally, Ian Happ pops a home run. All of a sudden, you start thinking about how do we get this bullpen in order here to finish out the game, Sean? You were just talking about Kyle Hendricks. You know, those stressful innings did catch up to him a little bit. And we were talking, you know, did you agree with him going back out there for that seventh inning? I, I, I didn't. And, you know, and this is not the Joe Madden thing of, like, let's pull them too early, right? When you're at 95 pitches, if you're cruising, send them back out. I got no problem with it. But when you're at 95 pitches and you're coming off – Fourth inning, leadoff base, a double. Fifth inning, leadoff single and a steal. And in the sixth inning, leadoff double. He walked three guys. He hit a batter. He struggled into the sixth inning. He did. That should have been the night. Now, I agree. Who's coming in that seventh inning? And, you know, I said yesterday on our preview podcast, my pitching X Factor was pitching from the left side. If the Cubs had a, a left-handed reliever in that moment they believe in, that guy probably comes in. He definitely comes in to face Dickerson right there. So I don't completely agree. I think David Ross, he let him out there one, two batters too long. At least someone has to go out there and talk to him after two straight hard uh, singles in the seventh inning. And it's not like the Cubs drafted in the first round a left-handed guy who strictly pitched out of the pen in college. It's not like we didn't draft that guy named Burl Caraway or anything like that. But, Daniel, I just want to get your thoughts too as well. Did you like the fact that David Rossi, you know, let – 
Hendricks go back out there for that seventh inning? Would you have pulled him? You know, how do you kind of handicap that inning from your eyes? Yeah, I mean, I agree with Sean. Like, I would not have – even after the inning, I was like, he's gotten into, into trouble three straight innings. And he was, he was pitching well, but not well enough where it was lights out. And especially, I mean, they didn't have – Russ didn't even have anyone up in the bullpen yes. to start the seventh inning. And I think that was – I just think he got so outmanaged in, in this game today. Nobody was warming up. And then, yeah, just, I mean, after the first hit, I was like, Cole Hendricks, as good as he is, you have to, like, you just – you knew it was set up for the Marlins to get a hit and to get cruising, and that's exactly what happened. Well, let's look at it, too. You know, he finished six innings. He was at 94 pitches. Typically, without the DH in the National League, what is the first thing that you do? You get double barrel action, right? Because you've either yes. got the lineup rolling around or you're just starting to think about matchups and double switches moving forward. With this DH, it almost felt like Rossi got a little lulled to sleep for a second there, right? Because, one, it's one thing not to have someone rolling when you start that seventh inning. You want to give Hendricks confidence, right? But the first thing that you do when you go up that first base hit is like you said, Sean, you go out there and you talk to him because you got to get, you know, you got to get guys up and you got to get them throwing as quick as you can. So you have to buy some time as much as you can. After that second single, again, did not go out there and talk to him again, did not buy any more time, was sort of sticking with him. And I get it. You want to show confidence in your pitchers and your players, but for a guy, Ken, Kyle Hendricks, who walked three guys, it was the first time that he had walked more than two guys in 41 starts, which is an incredible stat, but still the fact that it happened should have had the hairs in the back of Rossi's neck kind of standing up a little bit. This is a playoff game. It's one to nothing. Our bullpen already is a bit of an issue already, and it just seemed like it was a kind of a, a mistake. Sean, do you think this was too much confidence in Hendricks or too little confidence in a bullpen that we know has been a problem all year? Uh, I, I would say definitely it's it's too little confidence in a bullpen we know is a problem. I mean, but look, this is, it's inexcusable. You're sending the guy back out in the seventh inning who's at mid-90 in pitches. You have to have someone or someones up getting loose from the jump, especially when a guy is coming off a, a, a stressful inning. You have to have someone ready so in case he gets in trouble, which Hendricks did right away, someone is ready to come in at that moment, not 15 minutes later. And that's the problem. You know, the bullpen numbers in September, they've looked good, right? They've kind yeah. of come back to earth. We were kind of trending in the right direction. But at the end of the day, go beyond the box score. Ross doesn't trust anyone in yeah. that bullpen. We've talked about it all season. Outside of Wick and Jeffress, who does he actually, you know, implicitly trust to go out there in any situation and get outs? And you saw it happen when Hendricks got in trouble. Who do they pull up? They pull up their closer. In the seventh mm -hmm. inning to get outs and just hoping to cover the rest of the game from there, you know, it just speaks a lot to the lack of confidence that they had in the bullpen. And, you know, even in hindsight, it didn't work out. But, man, I would almost rather have Kyle Hendricks in that situation than any of the guys that we have in that bullpen. And, look, it just didn't work out. We got burned by a home run ball. And then Jesus Aguilar, who I talked about yesterday, just unbelievable, of course, you know, an ex-brewer, Cub killer comes back to kill the Cubs on the Marlins, another team that we hate as well. You know, that was attack on Sean Hoppin real quick. Well, Aguilar in that at bat did exactly what the Cubs refused to do the entire day. He went the, he went the opposite way, got the ball in the air to right field, and the wind took it out for him. The Cubs hitters went up there all day long with the same approach. Same approach, nothing to, nothing to right field. They got to the third inning, and all of a sudden we're first pitch swinging. Easy outs. We let Alcantara settle down. Six and two-thirds innings later, 
four hits. See you tomorrow. And that's been an issue with the Cubs also this season where they're able to get starters on the ropes early. Yep. And it doesn't seem like that they can knock them out. Daniel, I want to ask you, did you like the approach from the Cubs? It seems like that they went with the approach of we're going to grind out at bats and see if we can get on base. And by the time the second turn in the lineup came around, you know, they were first pitch hunting. Did you like that approach from your perspective? Uh, no, I, I didn't like that approach because I think once you start just trying to hit, 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 you're going to stress. And then you're just, you're not going to find, you're not going to get a good ball. You're not going to, and even just getting, I mean, Alcantara, like he was pitching so well, you want to work him. You want to tire his arm out. And I mean, he just cruised after that, fir the first uh, round through the lineup, he just cruised right through. Yeah. And he made it to through the seventh inning with almost, I think he got pulled with a hundred pitches. Yep. And you know, that's a quality outing right there. We just couldn't work him. And it's this issue again. And look, we're going to bang ourselves against the wall. And I do want to get to game two before we get you guys out of here, but it's the same thing over and over again of, we just keep talking about philosophy and approach and, and style and launch angle and hitting coaches. And it just seems to be the same thing with this Cubs offense where nothing really seems to click the approach of let's grind out at bats and see pitches. Well, it's kind of taken away some of the aggressiveness of some of our players like Javi Baez and some first pit, uh, you know, early in the count, you know, pitch hunting like Contreras or KB has done in the past and then now we're going in the third inning it's like hey let's swing at some early pitches here well all of a sudden they're having trouble squaring that up it just seems that we can't find that happy place in this offense to really figure it out and and Sean I want you to hop in real quick also comment also on what you thought of Kyle Schwarber getting pulled midway through the game you know just taking a big bat out of the lineup and looks like we needed that big bat to maybe come up later in the game well, real quick, I mean, real quick, the, the two through six hitters for the Cubs, one for 17. We've seen that so many times this year. Your, your pitcher has to basically throw a complete game shutout to win a ball game when your two through six are consistently putting up overs. Uh, as far as Schwarber, yeah, you, look, it's a 1-0 game. You can't pull him in the sixth inning. You just can't do it. That's, that, that, again, is Rossi being a little overconfident right there. We get, into the, we get into the top of the eighth inning, it's still one nothing. I'm probably all for that move. But in the sixth inning, there's a good chance Schwarber's at bat is going to come back around in a spot we need him. And instead of it being him, I've got Billy Hamilton or Cam Mabrin or whoever else up there batting. And that, that's just I, – I wasn't down for that in the sixth inning. Daniel, did you like the move of taking Schwarber out early in the game? And do you think at all the almost miscommunication confusion between Schwarber and Ian Happ on that pop fly in uh, center field, do you think it perhaps led to Ross thinking, hey, I need my best defense out there as quick as I can? I think it may have, but I, I still – I agree with Sean. I don't think – I mean, you need Schwarber's that bad. It's not like we were up four runs or something where you could go with the defense. And also, even Billy Hamilton – you might need him like they haven't been using him as a hitter. You might need him as a pinch runner later in the game. And if you're putting him in just to get, just to have Cameron Maben pinch hit for him later in the game, I feel like we're just completely wasted. Like using three left fielders in a nine inning game. That's a little too much for me. Well, it's a great point. He's on the team to run the bases and to score some runs and also provide a little defense, but yeah, he didn't even get up to the plate. Uh, once they put him in the game and I believe what the fifth or sixth inning, you know, we're, we want to make these hits quick because we got a game tomorrow. And let's just roll it forward. Daniel, we're going to start with you. You know, what do you need to see? You know, give us an X factor. Give us a key. Whatever it is, the Cubs need to win tomorrow. Or their season is over. You know, preview it for our audiences. And what do the Cubs need to do to get a victory? I think we have to attack Sixto uh, Sanchez very early. He's a young pitcher. 
He's it's his first playoff game, and he he started off really really good. He's one of the top pitching prospects, but his last two starts entering tomorrow, I mean he's been he's given up nine runs. So I think just attack him early, try to get in his mind, try to get on base, even if it's just something, even if it's just like a bunt to try to get down the line to get on base, just be aggressive on the base paths. I think I mean it's a win. I mean it's winner go home. So I think they just have to. I mean, you have to take everything out because if we're not the way we've been hitting, we need to be, I mean, we need to take any time around base. We need to find a way to advance those runners. That's a great point. I was texting with Sean about thinking about today was going to be a Javi Baez bunt day. Uh, You know what I mean? Just something where you got to make the Marlins make some plays. And, you know, it looks like a couple of pop flies could have perhaps dropped into the green grass. The Wrigley outfield just didn't really happen. Rojas was doing some really interesting. It looked like he was on a boat at times, just kind of going side to side trying to catch pop flies. And that's a great point, too, as well, because this is something that the Cubs, they've lacked that killer instinct that you saw in 15 and 16. I know that was a long time ago, but, you know, knocking young pitchers out of the game early, Daniel, that was great. You know, that's a great call. We haven't been able to do that very often. And just if we can get – Man, what a perfect scenario where if we can get our offense rolling, get some points on the board, and run Sixto out of the game where they have to go to their bullpen early, entering a game three scenario where maybe not all their guys are fresh as well, that could be a scenario that could really work out. Sean, what do you need to see from this Cubs team uh, Cubs team or Cubs, one, one Cubs player tomorrow that is going to get us a victory? Well, you know, if, you go, if you're going to go with the one player, it has to be Cy, uh, Cy Young Darvish. It, it has to be. I mean, he, he, he has to be even better – than Hendricks today because we just can't have full faith in the offense. And the Sanchez kid tomorrow, he throws even harder than the guy today. He's 99 to 100 on the fastball the entire game. So like Danny said, you need to attack, but the Cubs have to have an approach where when you attack, you're swinging at damaged pitches. The chasing, the swinging at stuff out of the zone does nothing for you. When you get a guy down 3-0, take your 3-1. If he throws you 3-1 down the plate, like take Ian Haps at first A-B today, 3-1 down the plate – he fouls it back. That's got to be the pitch the Cubs start doing damage on. And then if it's not there, take your walk. Get, like you said, get in the kid's head. Make him pitch with guys on base. And that's what's been so difficult, too, at times where I look at a guy like Rizzo, where he's been in these advantageous 2-1, 3-1 counts. Just hasn't really been able to do anything with them. Just hasn't yeah. been able. You know, the Cubs hitters need to be dangerous in those types of counts. And we just haven't seen it. We've seen more foul balls back to the screen, I think, than I could probably remember in any season. Yep. It's a good call on Darvish. Really interesting to see because, you know, Ross kind of tipped his hand today where he does not trust anyone out of that bullpen. And now that you're looking at a possible, hopefully, a game three scenario with Lester, you got to have Mills and Kitana ready to go in that game. But guess what? We might need one of those guys tomorrow. Not mm-hmm. just saying that Darvish is going to get bounced early. I think Darvish is going to pitch well, but – who are you going to in that seventh or eighth inning right now that you fully trust? Are you going to go back to back with Jeffries and burn him for Friday? Are you going to just, you know, are you going to do Kimbrel? You need Kimbrel for the ninth, which is, looks like that's going to happen. Who are you turning to in those situations if it isn't one of those back of the rotation guys? And I'm with you. Darvish needs to just come out and honestly pitch lights out. You know, when we previewed this series, I was really hoping we were going to win back to back games two to one three to two and just get out of here and say goodnight to the Marlins. But again, if Cubs history tells us anything, playing the Marlins is a total pain in the ass. Yeah. So we're just going to have to see what happens. Daniel, quick, your prediction for tomorrow. Are the Cubs getting a win or are we going home? I think Darvish is going to pitch lights out and we'll take care of business. Sean, tomorrow, Darvish on the mound. Game two, Cubs going to pick up a victory? 
Yeah, I'm not going to lose faith in Darvish. I'm going to I'm going to go four two Cubs tomorrow. Seven innings for Darvish. I'm not going to lose faith either. And you know what? I am going to pump myself full of as much Cubdom as I can because we may only have a few more outs and innings to watch them. And I'm going to say that the Cubs win eight to two tomorrow. I'm going with your pick, Daniel. I do hope that they chase Sanchez early. You know, maybe get him for three or four runs in those first three innings, chase him from the game, maybe extend a little bit later. Going to be very interesting to see, but I think the Cubs win too as well. Before we get you guys out of here real quick, any lineup changes in your opinion that you'd like to see or do you think that will happen? Sean, we'll go, we'll go with you first. Well, you know Caratini's catching tomorrow because Darvish is pitching, so that's going to switch Willie over to the DH. I think that only leaves you with what? I mean – if you wanted to switch up like a Bodie or a Nico at second base. And I don't, I just don't know that, that Ross is going to do it facing another hard throwing righty. I think he wants the lefty bats in there. Yeah. Carantini seems like a pretty much slam dunk behind the plate. Willie at DH Daniel, would you stick with Kipnis at uh, second base? Or would you move to somebody else? Go to Bodie who, by the way, led the team in RBIs this season. Is this the Ted Lilly situation where the dude leads the team and wins and doesn't even pitch in a playoff round? Just saying, Daniel, do you like Kipnis at second, or do you think it should be Bodie tomorrow? I think they'll go with Kipnis, but, I mean, Bodie, a lot of his success came as a pinch hitter, so maybe they'll use put pinch hit for him for uh, Kipnis in the second inning or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Billy Hamilton uh, comes in for Schwarber in the third inning. We'll pinch hit right. for Kipnis in the second inning, <laughs> and we'll just empty the bench early. Daniel Bridgen with Rotoballer.com. Check him out. He covers the White Sox and the Cubs for that wonderful website. Cubs consigliere Sean Graves joining us for just a real quick hit. Post-game pod. Cubs lose 5-1 to to the Marlins. They're down one game. They got to win tomorrow on Thursday or they're going home. And hopefully they can extend the series. It's a best of three to Friday for a winner-take-all to hopefully move on to the NLDS. My name is Joey Christopoulos on the Believe Podcast Network. This was Believe in Betting Chicago. Thank you so much for checking out our quick post-game hit of the Cubs' loss to the Marlins. Hopefully they can win tomorrow. Until then, be safe, be well, be good to each other. We will talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.